Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way, whether you're listening over at pathtozion.com with your earbuds while you're at work, or if you're watching us here on our YouTube channel, thank you for joining along. I want you to consider maybe someone that is in that little tiny thread of people in your life that might be one who can receive a hard word or is asking this question that we talked about in part one about like, how do we know? Who is in Yahweh's family? Am I in his family? What criteria have we been given in the word to know who is in and who is not? Who is going uh, according to the, the governmental rule and reign of the, the, the king of the kingdom? And who's going the ways of the nations? Criteria has been given us. The reality is a lot of us don't know it. And uh, some of us are beginning to learn it. Um, and then we even have to um, decide whether or not we're going to yield our will and obey it. And so there is much for us to tend to, to be found in Yahweh's family. There is criteria that we're given. There's things you do. There's things you don't do. I don't know why that's so hard for so many people. Um, a, a lawless people are the prophesied people in the end of the age who don't know Messiah, and Messiah does not know them. Um, and I don't want to be that people. I, you know, people say, oh, you sound like a law keeper. If I turn to the back of the book, it says that the lawless are the ones that are, uh, they're out there in the darkness. So yeah, I guess I'll be a law keeper. Um, so yeah, we need to talk about these things. What's the criteria for Yahweh's family? Um, and as I said at the end of part one, that we're going to lean heavy, probably this entire, uh, part here. Um, into Proverbs chapter 7. Um, my wife and I spent, ended up spending a good bit of time um, talking about this and looking to certain words. Um, and I have, of course, the last several days given a lot of time to it, and it just keeps growing and growing like it always does. Um, but the more I spent time on this towards an individual matter, um, the more I realized that, that this is something we all need to hear. Um, the severity of who we gather with, who we align our lives with, um, and our families and our children, our wives, this is of utmost importance, friend. This is not casual. This is not casual. That's why, like, even the, the signs on every church that's every half a mile around here that says, come worship with us, even that right there is not a biblical, um, biblically accurate statement, invitation. Come worship with us. Well, if we're going to worship Elohim according to uh, this right here and the pattern we've been shown, friends, there's some criteria. You can't just show up and worship God and we just all do that in perfect unity. It doesn't work that way. That is what we've inherited, yes, but it doesn't really work that way, which is why this is necessary um, for us to talk about. Now, there's some very interesting things as we begin to talk about um, Proverbs chapter 7. Um that I want to spend several moments talking about um, for your consideration. And we're just going to start reading it. Um, and this is a son, this is a son talking, or a father talking to his son. There, there's, there's basically four main players. You've got the father, well, you five, really. You've got the father, the son, wisdom, understanding, and the fifth is the is the harlot. Okay. We've talked about her before. Um, she's Lady Folly throughout the Proverbs. She's the fifth character. I wish we could forget about her, but she's lurking around in the shadows, as we'll read here in just a moment. 
But again, Proverbs chapter 7, My son, keep my words and treasure my commandments within you. Keep my commandments and live. My law as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call understanding your kinsman. They will keep you from a strange woman, from the foreign woman with her seductive speech. For at the window of my house I looked out through my lattice. I saw among the naive, I noticed among the youth, a young man lacking understanding, crossing the street near her corner, walking in the direction of her house, in the twilight of the evening, in the darkest hours of the night. Verse 10. All of a sudden, a woman meets him dressed as a prostitute, a harlot, and she has a cunning heart. She's loud. She's rebellious. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the streets and in the squares, at every corner she lurks. She lies in waiting. And Okay, so that's the end of the text that we're going to read right now. We're basically going to dissect some of these words, in, in Hebrew, of course, and expand this text in order to set up a foundation teaching that is very important for us today. And it's going to become increasingly more important for our families in days ahead, of utmost importance for our children's children if things continue in the way that they are now. So here we are. We have a father speaking to his son. His counsel to his son is the instruction to what? Keep his commandments and his teachings. Okay, commandments here is synonymous throughout the Older Testament of mitzvah. You know mitzvot, we say that here all the time on the program. Yahweh's commandments, his mitzvot. When, if, if you love me, keep my mitzvot, my commandments. Yeshua comes on the scene, he grows into maturity, he's fulfilling his Messiah um, function, and he says what? If you love me, keep my commands. Same thing, okay? The same scriptural pattern. We see this in Proverbs with the Father speaking to the Son. Keep my mitzvah, okay? And if we're going to get real real uh, focused on the text here, when it says, keep my law as the apple of your eye, that law there is Torah. It is not the capital T Torah, but is it is the law, okay? The proper use of that word. And so the father speaking to his son about the importance of clinging to his ways. Now, first mention is very interesting because it takes us all the way back to where Yahweh's family really gets started, okay? A set-apart, identifiable nation of people. Abraham, what a big surprise. <laughs> Genesis chapter 26, um, we're told that he, he, Abraham, quote, obeyed Yahweh's voice, kept Yahweh's charge, kept Yahweh's commandments, kept Yahweh's statutes, and kept Yahweh's Torah. His law. Okay, that's Genesis 26, verse 5. This is, of course, pre-Mount Sinai. We do understand that. When everybody wants to talk about, like, the Torah, the capital T Torah, that was just for the Jews because it was given at Mount Sinai. But we have to understand, and I don't have time to get into all this, Abraham was a law keeper. He was a man of faith and all these things. Yes, of course. But we cannot just blow by the main prerequisite that Abraham met to the utmost and why Yahweh chose him was of this verse right here. He obeyed. He kept the charge, the commandments, the statutes, and the law of Yahweh Elohim. Okay? So this, of course, shows what we always see in the Word, which is a man of obedience and a man of faith found Yahweh's law 
to be perfect and pleasing, and he yielded his will to it. And that marked him and identified him as a man of Elohim, okay? So this man Abraham that Father chose, strategically picked out of humanity of all the ages, he sets a precedence for all who would follow after him, right? Nobody argues that point. Faith, faith, faith. Yes, of course, faith. But his faith looked like something, right? It, it looked like something, all right? And it set him apart. Now, I'd like to skip ahead now in order to get to our, our setup, our primary point here. Um, in verse 4 and verse 5 of, of Proverbs chapter 7, we hear of wisdom and understanding. And again, what are we talking about? We're talking about Yahweh's family, his family. Who's in Father's family, okay? Are we in his family? Are others in the periphery of our life, close or, or in distant proximity, are they in his family? And can we know? And again, does it matter? Um, these two, these two, um, wisdom and understanding, will apparently keep the son from our fifth character, um, the seducing woman, the harlot, um, okay? <laughs> the loud, rebellious one who is lurking, lying in wait for the naive ones, all right? This is interesting um, because this, this keep is, is the same word you can follow throughout the Older Testament of, of um, preserving, protecting, and guarding. Okay? I'll try to make this brief. This is a, the same use of when we keep the commands. Okay? When you obey, you keep. Okay? Those, those can be interchangeable. Because when you're keeping something, according to the word of Elohim in the Older Testament Hebrew, you are guarding it, okay? Keep the Sabbath. Perfect example. Keep the Sabbath. Fourth commandment, it's been eradicated, but fourth commandment says, keep the Sabbath. What? Mark it, memorialize it, protect it, guard it, preserve it, okay? And so wisdom and understanding do the same for the son, for the naive ones, okay? It can. They can do that if, in fact, they are guarding them, preserving them, upholding them. These wisdom and understanding characters will do that in safety and, and protection from the harlot who is, who is pursuing them and beckoning them into her house, okay? It's covenant language. Uh, shamer, I believe is what it is in Hebrew. Shamer. It's covenant language. You're, you're keeping. And when, without getting into all this, when we keep, protect, preserve Father's ways, His mitzvot, His commandments, His moedim, His, his appointed feasts, Sabbath is one. When we keep, protect those things, we then are kept, protected, guarded. You understand that? It's a very simple biblical principle. Um, I just think it's fascinating. That's the way Yahweh designed it. Now, this woman that's lurking um, in the shadows, she, is, uh, she has a cunning heart. She's loud and rebellious. But these, to me, are her most important qualities as we talk about Yahweh's family today. Family, family, family. The text tells us, most importantly, she is a, pay attention, stranger. Okay? She is a strange woman, okay? She is foreign. In Hebrew, this quite literally defines her as one who is 
This isn't complicated. She's of, an, of another family. She's from another region. And not just like geographically, but like she's out there. Yahweh's family is in here keeping, guarding his mitzvot. And thereby they who are within his governmental ways, they then, because of that, they are guarded, kept. There's a lot of, man, we can go down the road of Passover, which is only a few weeks away, right then and there. They are kept. They are preserved because they are keeping and preserving their father's perfect ways, okay, which, which makes them marked as being ones who are in his family. They're under father's covering. They're under his authority. They're under and within his governmental rule and reign because his kingdom is a kingdom that's not of this world. And it's not, his governmental order is not sourced in man's ideas. It supersedes them quite easily. So this woman is foreign. She's a stranger. Um, she's not in the family, just to be clear. Um, let us also remember she is not, um, surprisingly, told to us to be rebellious. Now let's go back to our two other characters um, that can help the naive ones, that can help the son. From and they can keep and preserve them, us, <laughs> from the rebellious foreign woman that's from another family. Okay, again, we're talking family. Verse four: the father speaks to the son and tells him what to call wisdom his sister. Okay, ah, are you are you catching me? Are you going? Are you having an aha moment? Ah, oh, I see what he's saying here. Call wisdom your son. Son, listen to my instruction. Listen to me. Call wisdom your sister. And understanding, call understanding your kinsman. Okay? It's moda. It's a relative. Ah, oh, oh. <laughs> right? So, okay. And like without reading all my notes, and I'll probably get redundant here because I'm just going to step out over here. So we have the father giving counsel, giving instruction to the son. The son, of course, he's young and he's naive, okay, as all sons are. And he says, listen, son, if you listen to wisdom and if you listen to understanding, if you call her your sister and you call her your relative, you'll be kept from the seductress, alluring harlot woman who is a stranger from another land. She is not your family. She's speaking something that's not of your father. Okay? We must know who's in the family of Yahweh. Using this as a little bit of a blueprint um, for consideration. Consideration. Only those that are in father's covenantal family will rightly uphold Father's instructions, commands, and law. Let's only use the word, okay? The Father says to the Son, paraphrased. I don't believe this is too far out there at all. I think this is clinging to the word as well as I know how. He's saying, look, Son, wisdom and understanding speak your Father's words. I endorse them, and they endorse me. We are in family together, okay? They will not steer you from your father's commands. They won't take you away from your father's instruction. They won't. 
They are trustworthy. You can listen to wisdom and to understanding. Call her your sister and call her your relative. Because they're in Father's family. And if you listen to them, at the very least, we'll say they have the ability, the capability of preserving you, son, from the whispering allure of the harlot who is beckoning you to her abode. Oh, yeah. She is what? Rebellious. She's loud. And she's on every corner, lurking in the streets. These will endorse and keep Father's ways. And again, I don't, I don't have to instruct you to say, hey, listen, are you getting the spiritual imagery here? I don't have to say it twice, do I? This is simple. This is simple. This is why the word of Elohim is full of power to change us and to counsel us. In the most simple way I know to say it, if we cling to this text rightly, those in Father's covenantal family point to Father's words, commandments, and law. You understand what I'm saying? Because this is all family language. You've got the Father, the Son, the two who are who by literal um, definition are in the family, and then you've got the 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 harlot woman, the seductress, who's alien, foreign. She's not like us, son. She is going to lead you away from Father's commands. Um. The alien and stranger is revealed as rebellious and desires to lure the naive ones away into her rebellion, <laughs> into her family, okay, into her house. I know you live over there with your, your father and all his ways and commands. See, friend, this is why, what's the Garden of Eden? This is so easy. This is so easy. That's why it's so hard for me to not make these 15-part series. Look at the Garden of Eden. If you are one who believes that laws don't matter Commandments just don't really matter. We're free in Jesus now. What was, what was brought to Eve in the Garden of Eden? Which is, gosh, why is it so hard in, that, in your father's house? He's so hard on you. Why would your father's house rules? <laughs> why would his horrible, burdensome law keep you from this wonderful tree? Don't you see this fruit? Don't you see this? Isn't it desirable? Look how beautiful it is. Don't you want it? Why would he keep you from that? Don't you want to be free? You're free. You can be just like Elohim. Nothing is new under the sun, friend. It's a cyclical pattern. And we, here we are, you know, most of us have been taught that we're beyond that now. In Jesus, it's not like that anymore. Ugh, it's been dangerous. One last connection, although there are many others, but we have to keep moving. The father tells the son to, quote, Bind his commandments and law upon his fingers and write them upon the tablet of his heart. Also, they are to be, as we said, Torah, the Torah, the word Torah, Hebrew. They're to be the apple of the son's eye. Okay? Where have we heard these phrases before? <laughs> Does this sound familiar? Is this just mere happenstance? Wow, that's just such great poetry. Friends, no, no. This is the Torah. The capital T, Torah, okay, in Proverbs chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 6, the little something called the Shema. 
these words, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put emphasis on each one that's redundant that we see in Proverbs 7 and here in the Deuteronomy 6 text. These words, which I am commanding you today, are to be where, hello, on your heart, on your heart. Oh, well, the types and shadows, they were all just doing formulaic rituals back in the law days, not like us now in Jesus where we're heart people. No, you hear me say that probably every, episode, every uh, other episode, so I need to keep moving. Verse 7 of, of Deuteronomy 6. You are to teach them diligently to your children and speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Bind them where? As a sign on your hand. They are to be frontlets where? Between your eyes. And so here we are. This is, this is Proverbs 7 in Torah, in Deuteronomy chapter 6 in the Shema. Okay? Same word. I mean, I could go through. I, do I have to do that? To make it clear, read Proverbs 7 and read Deuteronomy 6, and you're going to see same word, same word, same word, same word. Do that 10 or 11 times, won't you? Now, okay, so let's talk about uh, Jeremiah. And again, what we're talking about is the verbiage in, in Proverbs chapter 7, 1 through 12 specifically, and the, the emphasis on family, okay, and the pattern that Yahweh instated. And the redundancy of it so that we get it here today so far removed from the culture that would have trained us in the Torah and the prophets. In the prophetic words of Yahweh that came to Jeremiah, we read this. Behold, days are coming. It is a declaration of Yahweh. When I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant I made with the fathers of the day, I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. For they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them. It is a declaration of Yahweh. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. It is a declaration of Yahweh. Okay, so here we are. Pause. We're about to be told what the new covenant is. Right? What's the new covenant, really? Well, Jesus hung on a cross and died. Shed his blood so that you can be saved and go to heaven. And ask Jesus in your heart. Oh, I don't see that in here. Anyway... Sticking what this does tell us, that the new covenant uh, mystery is about to be revealed all the way. Oh, uh, Prophet Jeremiah. I will put my Torah within them. I will write it upon their heart. Huh. This sounds just like Proverbs 7. Hey, Jim, did you hear that? This sounds just like this guy's saying Proverbs 7 is basically talking about Jeremiah's prophecy about the new covenant. And the same wording is in Deuteronomy chapter six. Well, now they're all new; they're all Old Testament, so it's okay. <laughs> I'll be their Elohim, and they'll be my people. Okay, this is this is uh, Jeremiah thirty-three, thirty through thirty-two. Um, it's repeated in Hebrews chapter eight. Um, it's all over the place. Um, let's keep moving. Something worth noting: what is recorded in the scriptures that shows us how a stranger came in? to the people of Yahweh, to stay on point here, which is what? Who, who is in Yahweh's family? Um, how do we know? What's the criteria? What is at least some criteria, right? Deuteronomy chapter 29. You're standing today, all of you, before Yahweh, your, your Elohim, the heads of your tribes, your elders, your officials, all the men of Israel, your children, your wives, and the outsider within. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought we we're just talking family. Or why's all this family verbiage? 
tribes, elders, official, men of Israel, your children, your wives. Oh, family, family of Yahweh. Yes, bless the Lord. Oh, listen to that example of the family. But it continues. And the outsider, whoa, what, the outsider? Well, Joel, isn't this a big curveball to what you're presenting? Because you just talked about the outsider is the harlot who's not knowing God's commands. Pay attention. Some of you already know where I'm going. I can sense it through the camera. <laughs> the outsider within your camp. Okay? Within your camp. Very important part of the text. It even says in parentheses, from your wood chopper to your water carrier. <laughs> Each of you is to cross over into the covenant of Yahweh your Elohim that he's cutting with you today and into his oath. Verse 12. This is in order to confirm you today as his people. Huh. Criteria? So he will be your Elohim, just as he promised you, and just as he swore to your fathers, to Abraham. Oh, Abraham. Oh, the family of Yahweh. And what did Abraham do? We got to find it. I'm a mess. I'm a mess. He obeyed Yahweh's voice. He kept his charge. He kept his commandments. He kept his statutes and he kept his law. Oh, yeah, Abraham. Lost my place. Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob. Not with you alone am I cutting this covenant and this oath, but with whomever is standing here with us today before Yahweh your Elohim and with whomever is not here with us today. If you're outside the circle of understanding the Torah and the prophets as, as being a foundation, that's going to be a real stumper. If you're already in, you know more about it than I do. But friends, we got to park a car here and listen to these words and like, what in the world is that talking about if we don't know? Okay? We see this in Exodus chapter 12 to help further this point. In regards to Passover, the sign of circumcision. Um, all the congregation of Israel must keep it. Passover. Easy enough. The family of Yahweh must keep Passover. Okay, of course. The family keeps Passover as Yahweh commanded. It's easy, right? But if an outsider dwells with you, outside, okay, there it is again, Joel, an outsider. How's an outsider included in the family of Yahweh? Aren't we all the same? If an outsider dwells with you in your house, in the family of Yahweh, if, if an outsider has come in, Who would keep the Passover for Yahweh? All his males must be circumcised. Oh, there's criteria. Oh, man, there's criteria. Then let him draw near and keep it. Oh, 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 keep it. Oh, this is like a big puzzle, isn't it? He'll come in and he'll keep it. He, the outsider, in your dwelling, in the one who dwells with you, within the confines of the familiar, familial governmental order of Yahweh Elohim, if he does what you do, let him draw near and keep it. Passover. He will be like one who is native to the land. Oh. Friends, I never heard about any of this in my Christian journey. In my 45 years plus that I was in Christian religion, I never heard any of this stuff explained to me. So, uh, friend, this, this should change our lives. This changes our understanding of the entire capital G gospel. 
but no uncircumcised person, person may eat from it. The same Torah applies to the native as well as the outsider who dwells among you. Paraphrased. Today, in my opinion, according to the word of Elohim as I see it, and thousands and millions of other people see it and are seeing it more so right now. If you want to be in the family of Yahweh, you come in through the door, Yeshua, and you say, I need to get to the Father. And he says, I have purchased a way for you to know the Father. I'm the mediator, Messiah. Come on in through a heart of repentance and, and humility and laying prostrate on the floor, postured in your heart in that place. And you are given a heart of flesh where there was a heart of stone, as Ezekiel, of course, tells us. So that you may enter in and covenantally join yourself with the covenantal king, the father and his covenantal ways. That's the image we saw that preceded us in this Older Testament land and culture, which is, look, if you are a foreigner, that's fine. But you have to come in and you have to adopt the ways of the Father as your own because only then will you be as native-born. You must yield your will. You, and this is the thing why the whole older, older Testament to New and Old Covenant to New is not that crazy of a jump. Just like then, now, as we know in the Gospels and, and throughout Paul's letters, you must forsake, abandon the ways of the nations. You must be formerly Gentile. You must be formally going the ways of the Goyim nations. Formerly. And now you are, what? Within Yahweh's people because you keep his commandments. Because you walk in his statutes just like our father Abraham, who was the predecessor of the pattern for Yahweh's people to walk. We have to dif differentiate some things. There are those who sojourn among Yahweh's people walking alongside the native-born who are keeping his covenantal commands. Okay? Gentiles, we see this in the Newer Testament, and we'll bring this one to a close here. They're often called God-fearers in the New Testament. It's a proselyte type. Where they're, they're moving into Yahweh's people. They're adopting his ways. They're, they're covenantally joining themselves with Father's criteria to become his family. And then there are those who are strangers who have nothing at all whatsoever to do with Yahweh's covenant. Their foundation is not the same. They're, they don't live in Yahweh's house. They don't. They're a, 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 a stranger, as we see, to continue with the Proverbs 7 text and wording. They are living in the house of a foreigner, okay? They're not a foreigner living in Yahweh's house, keeping Yahweh's holy feast, Sabbath, and clinging to his commands. They are a different, they're in a different dwelling, according to a different governmental order that is defined by the ways of the nations. They're not the same, these aliens, these sojourners. They're not the same. One is journeying alongside Yahweh's people, keeping Father's commands, and the other is going the ways of the nations. And that's, that's an easy simplifier. So 
So to get back to our primary Proverbs 7 text, and I'll bring this one to a close, we see a bit of criteria being set in place. One side is rebellious and turns the son's heart away from his father's instruction. This is of utmost importance, friend. Don't check out now. Do you understand this? The foreign stranger woman entices the son to abandon and forsake father's commands. She is not part of father's family. She is a stranger and an outsider, and she does not live in father's dwelling in his family. She's luring naive ones into her house. The others, wisdom and understanding, are in the family. And they can keep us from from following the stranger that opposes the father's ways. This text shows us that wisdom and understanding, the sister and the relative, are approved by the father and are in agreement with father's ways. So, friend, Yahweh's family, who in the world is in it? I believe we're finding some criteria according to the word of Elohim. We're finding some criteria. Disagree? That's fine. Search the word. But no, you need to know. Wherever you land, wherever all of us land, it needs to be according to the word. It needs to be sourced in this alone. That's the only thing that's going to keep us and hold us. So I hope you're searching that. Test everything I'm saying. This is not a favorable word. I understand that. But it's for our good, and it's absolutely necessary. Heavy? Yeah, we know heavy around here. That's okay. What are we talking about? Yahweh's family. Who's in? We'll be back for part three right after this. You're watching or listening to the Path to Zion podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way around here. Father's kind and merciful. He longs for a family. Praise him that we're invited in. We'll be back for part three. Amen.